You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. President Donald Trump, this was technically in police custody today, going from processing into the arraignment, and somehow he looks even more presidential. I'm serious. I mean, we're talking eye of the tiger. This is why so many people are drawn to him. He fights. And by the way, this is, this is all nonsense. Uh, I've seen the indictment, and it's a joke. It's even sillier than we thought. Oh, by the way, could you imagine Joe Biden being in this situation? Could he survive? Could he thrive? Donald Trump just gave an amazing speech in Mar-a-Lago tonight. We'll get to uh, the details in a moment, some highlights. But first, the Democrats, they wanted this image to be totally different. They wanted the defeated, broken man or under arrest. They wanted somebody like, like this guy, DSK, when he was arrested. I mean, that looks pretty bad. Or this guy, who allegedly, I think, killed his parents, uh, his father. I mean, that's the same table that Donald Trump was sitting at today. Or this guy recently arrested. I mean, this is what they thought Donald Trump would look like. Instead, you know what it looked like? <laughs> it was back on The Apprentice. There's nothing damaging about these photos. In fact, it's damaging to the people who put him there. Okay? It's... They will be exposed. In fact, they already are exposed. This thing, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. In fact, we're going to have a, a former attorney general break this down with us in a little bit. But the key offense, let's put it on the screen. You ready? This is what he did. Allegedly, that was so wrong. Accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree. In violation of penal law 175.10. You know what one of the things was? Writing a check, it said 2017 when it was really 2016. I do that for the first few months of every single year, right? It takes you a while to figure out what, that it's the new year. This is the DA who had the nerve to bring this case. So the, the, the charge is falsifying business records. Uh, the charge requires, as I, as I uh, specified, uh, criminal conduct that was concealed. Uh, one of the concealed crimes we allege is New York State election law. You notice how he's uh, saying everything like a like a question? You know, New York State election law? We think he broke that? Uh, because this is a flimsy case. And this guy knows it. Deep down, he knows it. Absolutely. This might be a stooge. The hard left, who knows, maybe they have something on him and they made him make this case. It gets sillier and sillier. In order to complete the scheme, they plan to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohen as income to the New York State tax authorities. I've heard of tax evasion, but now they're trying to get people in trouble for declaring money as income on your taxes. 
I'm not worried for Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm not. I know the sitting pre the last sitting president to get 74 million votes more than any sitting president in history is going to be fine. I know they want to take him out. It's not going to work. Oh, by the way, he's leading in all the polls, as we know. Um, they can't beat him fair and square, and they want to take him out. Hey, they really should take the judge out. The judge in this case is hideously compromised. Judge Mershon, look, he may be a good judge, and it's fine to have a daughter who's involved in politics, but your daughter can't be working for Kamala Harris, okay? As recently as 2020. This is insanity, and no one's talking about this. This is a big, big, big deal, but anyway, so back to the indictment. Again, I'm not a lawyer. And the left, they want us to go down all these silly rabbit holes, you know, just remember, well, remember Russia collusion and how involved that got. And we were talking about prosecutors in Ukraine and Shokin and this guy and Robert Mueller and all that stuff. MSNBC, special after special, then Ukraine and this guy. And we were talking about all that stuff. And it was all a game. It was all an illusion. This is an illusion to cover up things that are real. Tell me. Stormy Daniels, right? What's more important, Stormy Daniels and her lies or what happened in Afghanistan? We lost there. Hmm? What about Michael Cohen and his story? I must tell the truth wherever I will tell the truth. Or the 13 U.S. service members who were killed on our way out in Afghanistan. How about that check that Donald Trump wrote with his own money? Okay, his own money to his own lawyer. What's more important, that or the situation at the border? And then Trump and Stormy Daniels. Okay, they met each other in 2006. I do not believe there was an affair, actually. That is a lie. What's more important, that or the China spy balloon? You see how this is going? So code, what's that law he's alleged to have broken? The falsifying business records in the first degree? Penal law. What's more important, that or a million dollars in China money to the Bidens, as established by the House Oversight Committee? Nobody seems to care about these incredibly important issues just this farce just this this anyway i was i was proud of president trump tonight quite frankly he was in mar-a-lago and you know from the ultimate i don't know depressing moment in court probably didn't feel good to being surrounded by his supporters and calling out this injustice for what it is just a few moments ago the only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, he, well, he went off. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should Never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. Um, good stuff. And the crowd, supporters, his family was there. We got a few more. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election. And it should be dropped immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Can you argue with that? Good stuff. Keep going. 
The next thing I know, we were raided by many gun-toting FBI agents who took whatever they wanted, including my passports and medical records. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. We can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately thought of the Fourth Amendment that protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system has become lawless. They're using it now, in addition to everything else, to win elections. He had a lot to say about all the cases, the fake cases that are being waged against him. That was about the, uh, the, bo the, the boxes hoax, he calls it, the, the documents, the classified documents that he had every right to access and take with him wherever he went. It's actually in the law. One more. We were negotiating in very good faith, proper way, in order to return some or all of the documents that I openly and in very plain sight brought with me to Mar-a-Lago from our beautiful White House, just as virtually every other president has done in the past. It's pretty amazing what he's been through, what he's going through, and how strong he is. Look, this guy was technically in jail today, all right? This is one, that's one day, and it's a fake case. What do you think, Joe Biden, what kind of condition would he be in right now if he had to uh, go downtown and sit in court and go through all that, hmm? Would he be able to make a speech at 8 p.m. live to the nation? I wonder. No, I don't wonder. Of course he couldn't. And oh, by the way, he's guilty of real crimes, in my opinion. Absolutely. Bernie Carrick is the former police commissioner of New York City and good friend of Donald Trump and uh, worked very closely for Donald Trump and with Rudy Giuliani on concerns about election irregularities. Commissioner, welcome back. What'd you think of today? But it's a joke. I thought it's a circus. You know, you talk about the strength of Donald Trump. I don't think anybody realizes the his, I should say, his ability to compartmentalize. I, I don't know how this guy functions, because I got to tell you, uh, Greg, all of the leaders and I, I mean, real leaders that I've worked with over the last 30 or 40 years, if they were under the gun, under the under the microscope, you know, with the impeachments and the investigations and, and all the stuff that's going on, would they actually be able to function on a daily basis? I would say no. I don't know anybody that could withstand what this guy does. And yesterday morning, I spoke to him for 25 minutes, and he was as clear as a bell, as clear as a bell. He knew what was going on. He knew what had to be done. Yeah. He knew what he was going to do if he was reelected. The guy is uh, is unbelievable. Hey, 25, unbelievable. 25 minutes on the phone. That's a lot of time with uh, anything else. Anything else you can tell us beyond the, you know, I know you got to be general. You don't know, but what? Give us some scoop. No, well, actually, Greg, it was, uh, it was because I was on the phone talking to him uh, during an interview with uh, Blue Magazine. And as I was going through that conversation with him, introducing him to Blue Magazine, that that recognizes law enforcement all over the country, I realized that the next guy on the cover of Blue Magazine is actually you. <laughs> I saw the magazine, and I didn't know this. As I was talking to him, they shoved it in front of me, and I saw it, and I says, oh, I got two birds with one stone. That's my man right there, Greg. 
and I'm getting to talk to the president. But uh, it was a good morning. And right. I'm telling you, he was clear as a bell. Hey, I want to show you something, and thank you for that, by the way. Uh, when he walked out of the processing area on his way into the courtroom, some people noticed this. I noticed it for a split second, but was this a sign of disrespect from uh, one of these guys, and were they authorized to do so? Didn't quite hold the door open for him. I don't know if this was deliberate, but go ahead and let's put it up. Take a look. President Trump. It's 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 real. It's real momentary there. Uh, but if you see it again, as some people online were saying about uh, that, this was somehow a slight. Did you see it as such? Did you notice it? No, honestly, Greg, I didn't see it as such. And listen, I've talked to a number of people that know a number of those guys, the court officers and the detectives and the D.A. squad. I've talked to a bunch of people today that know them. Those guys are devastated. They're devastated. They didn't want any part of this. There's a number of guys down there. They didn't want any part of this. Um, they didn't want to be involved in the processing. They didn't want to be involved in the spectacle, the circus, if you will, um, job and they have to do. And, and as one guy said to me, he said it was a, uh, an honor and a privilege to be in his presence, not thinking of the processing, but just to be in the presence of the former president. It was an honor and privilege. So I guess that's the way they look at it. You know, I, that's, that's how they get around the disgust of what they had to do uh, in the formalities. I love it. Yeah, court officers, law enforcement, 99.9% on his side. And that person who saw a former president may have seen also a future president. I want to show you what was going on outside. Uh, security was tight, understandably so. And they put the anti-Trump protesters on one side, at least in this scene, if we can put it up. And the pro-Trump uh, people on the other side. And there was some jeering back and forth. I've never quite seen it set up like that. Uh, what did you think overall of the arrangements that were made? And I'm just going to say, you think about all the money that was spent for this thing. You know, it could have been, first of all, it never should have been done. We all know that this is a fake case. It really is. And we'll talk to the attorney general in a little bit. But what's your sense of this arrangement and everything else? Well, you know what? Put the arrangement for, uh, aside for one second, Greg. They could have done this entire hearing. The entire hearing they could have done over Zoom. In, in front of the judge, in front of the prosecutor, did they actually need Donald Trump to come to New York City to take fingerprints or to get a photo? No, that's a farce. It's all a farce. This was a spectacle theater circus for the Soros puppet, Alvin Bragg. That's all this was. I'm glad and, you brought uh, him up again. That's what they were looking for. Alvin Bragg. Let's go to the last Alvin Bragg soundbite where he self-righteously talks about himself as, he's, as if he's a crime fighter. Uh, go ahead and roll it, please. True and accurate business records are important everywhere, to be sure. They are all the more important in Manhattan, the financial center of the world. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. That is his trademark, normalizing serious criminal conduct. He told the world on day one that things like uh, resisting arrest will not be prosecuted, that uh, attempted assault will not be prosecuted. Uh, all of these things, no jail time. I think we might have some gobos to that effect, but 
it is quiet. It is kind of wild, the hypocrisy we saw right there and the dishonesty. That, that's a joke. I mean, for him, to, for him to come off and make that statement, especially the guy that probably has reduced more than 50 percent of the felonies to misdemeanors, to get out of prosecuting serious violent crime in New York City, that's his statement as far as, you know, his intentions as a prosecutor. That's a joke. And anybody that lives in New York City, anybody that works around that guy knows he is a joke. He is a joke for making that statement. Well, for those of us who live in New York, the joke is on us. I mean, as he pursues this, uh, there are some serious bad people out on the streets who should be in jail, who would have been in jail if Lee Zeldin had become the governor because he would have fired this guy on day one. That was his promise that he had the authority to do that. And it's a tragedy that we're here. But we know that Donald Trump, I just know in my heart that he's going to... uh, Not only survive, but thrive. Commissioner Carrick, thank you, and I'll be right back. Think about it. $3 million the House Oversight Committee has determined came from China to the Bidens. Yes, to the Bidens, to a family associate. And at least a million dollars of that was dispersed between Hunter Biden, Haley Biden for some reason, and and James Biden, and another unknown Biden. Now, consider this. This is not some theory, okay? This is totally confirmed by Hunter Biden's own attorneys. When this became public, when the House Oversight Committee put it out, they said Hunter Biden, a private citizen with every right to pursue his own business endeavors, joined several business partners in seeking a joint venture with a privately owned legitimate energy company in China. And as part of that joint venture, Hunter received his portion of good faith seed funds, which he shared with his uncle James Biden and Haley Biden, with whom he was involved with at the time in sharing expenses. First, they and, and by the way, this is going on. And Donald Trump is the one in court. Are you crazy? This is uh, well, we are privileged to have with us once again, Congressman Pat Fallon, Republican of Texas. He's on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, and thank goodness he's holding them accountable. Uh, Welcome back, Congressman Fallon. How are you? And uh, what a contrast. What a weird world, huh? Well, Greg, thanks for having me back on. And we know one thing. If liberals didn't have double standards, they would have no standards at all. So uh, your story, and I feared this when it came out a couple of weeks ago, has been vanquished by all this fake news about Trump. Just give us an update on how the committee is doing. My understanding was the receipts you found or those uh, suspicious activity reports, just a sliver of, of what's to come. Yeah, there's no doubt. So we thought that a suspicious activity report for your viewers is something that's generated when the, a financial institution thinks that there's money laundering or fraud or even you know sexual uh, trafficking, something along the human trafficking, something along those lines. And it's very rare to get one. It's odd, in fact. The Biden family, we thought, Greg, had 150 SARs generated by financial institutions. Come to find out, it's closer to probably 250. We finally have been granted access. And when we get back to Washington next week, I will actually be able to go in. I can't take any pictures of them, but I can take notes. So I'll be able to, me and my other members of the oversight can be able to review these because they're awfully suspicious. And they think all roads lead back to Hunter Biden and eventually Joe Biden. Um- I know you're taking a look at the Congress is asking questions about Alvin Bragg and what he's up to here in New York. Uh, 
and I hope you guys can can find out something. This is totally outrageous. But I want to bring up Mark Levin, uh, one of the greats on talk radio, the, uh, the, the great one, Mark Levin. <laughs> and he has urged de Republican prosecutors out there to uh, basically start looking at Democrats and seeing what you can find and, you know, pursue, pursue the law like they're pursuing it against Trump. Um, first of all, I love Mark Levin. It concerns me a little bit if Republicans start doing this to Democrats. I mean, part of me wants that, but I'm also concerned. And I feel like maybe we are better than that. But what are your thoughts? Alvin Bragg, Greg, has paved the road to the banana republic. There's no doubt about that. If you have if you're going to indict a former president, it better be an ironclad, you know, open and shut case. Instead, it's this absolutely weak silliness. What we know is this. We know that the federal federal prosecutors looked at this in 2019 and they found nothing. We know that the FEC looked at this in 2021 and they found nothing. And then ironically, Alvin Bragg looked at this in 2022, Greg, and he suspended his investigation because there was nothing there. So what has changed? He's just buckling to the left. We don't have to look too far other than Hillary Clinton. She was found liable by the FEC for hiding over a million dollars, her and the DNC, in what they said were legal and compliance issues or expenses when they really were paying for the fictitious steel dossier. They were Hillary was fined eight thousand dollars and the DNC was fined one hundred five thousand. That's yeah. almost the same amount of money that this alleged hush money payment was. So uh, he paved the road to the banana republic. Do we all want to run down that street? You know what I mean? I. I, I, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I want to. Well, anyway, listen to this from Alvin Bragg. It's one of the many crazy things he said. In order to complete the scheme, they plan to mischaracterize the repayments to Mr. Cohen as income to the New York State tax authorities. Uh, income as tax. I just I kind of like that one. I've heard of tax evasion charges, but I haven't heard of uh, getting in trouble for declaring income and telling the tax authorities that the money. Anyway, I think you should know this on the committee and elsewhere about Alvin Bragg, because I always hear he's the people's prosecutor. He's not not really. There are two million people who live actually eight million people who live in all of New York City. Uh, eight million people. That's a lot of people. OK, only 82,000 in 8 million, only 82,000 voted for Alvin Bragg on primary day. And that's tantamount to 85,000. That's tantamount to winning the whole thing. And oh, by the way, primary day was rigged. They now rig it and they have it on the last day of school in June. Nobody votes. Nobody even knows there's a primary. So this guy does not have a lot of, he does not have deep support in New York. All right. So I don't know if you can do anything with that, but just keep that in mind as you start looking at this guy. And what can you do? McCarthy was talking about it. What can you do? Well, we can see it. any federal funding that goes to his office, his prosecutor's office, because we can pull that right away. We can haul him under oath in, into, in front of one of our committees, oversight judiciary, and ask him specifically what, he, what the heck he's doing here. Because his main concern and job is to keep the streets of New York safe not indict a former president that lives in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. This is absolutely absurd. This is political. Can we ask just one question to the viewers out there? Great. If Donald Trump was not a political figure, would these charges be brought? Obviously not. So this is nothing but an absolute political witch hunt. And you know what? I don't want to spend the next two years talking about these charges or the next six months. That's what they want. You know what I mean? And having these panels and going deep in this indictment. Uh, I want to talk about Joe Biden. <laughs>
<laughs> I want to talk about those issues, and uh, I, I, I think we should possibly resist. We got to look. We got to go through it, but I don't want to fall into that trap like they they had us fall for with the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff and the Ukraine and uh, the other phony impeachment. Thank you very much, uh, Congressman Fallon. We appreciate it, and we'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. European American Armory Corp. or EAA Corp. is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp. has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Amazing. A hero's welcome for President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, so richly deserved at his beloved Mar-a-Lago. What a day he had. Just a few hours earlier, well, he was in Manhattan criminal court facing bogus charges, totally bogus charges. Can you believe this? A former president in police custody. But I tell you, I think it has enhanced his stature. And as people get a look at this phony baloney indictment. Uh, I think it's only going to go up. And the people who did this may be realizing they made a grave mistake. But let's bring in the expert, uh, former acting attorney general Whitaker. Uh, Welcome back, Matt Whitaker. Good to see you. Uh, Look, (laughs) I don't want to get ahead of myself. Maybe I'm all wrong. You're the lawyer. This thing looks like a joke. Am I right? Yeah, it's one of the greatest works of fiction I think that's ever been written. If you really look and break this down, uh, you know, led 34 uh, allegations of felony fraud. Um, but if you dig into it just a little bit, you realize that each one of them quickly disintegrates into sand uh, because there's just there's no there there. there the, the, the substantiation to elevate uh, what are otherwise misdemeanors that are well beyond the two year statute of limitations uh, to felonies is this whole idea of, I guess, you know, again, it's unclear, but maybe New York election law, which, again, President Trump was running for a federal election. And so New York election law wouldn't apply. 
in this case. It's it's a, it's 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 got more holes than Swiss cheese, Greg. So uh, he has a new attorney on his team. Joe Tacapina has been there all along. A new guy just joined. His name is Blanche, uh, Todd Blanche, I believe. And after the proceedings today, he had something to say about what went down. I know there was a lot of talk over the past several weeks and the past several days about what's going to be in this indictment and what's going to be there that um, we don't know. There must be something besides what we've been talking about for the past um, four or five years. There wasn't. There's nothing. The indictment itself is, is boilerplate. Yeah, very, very boilerplate, like they went to LegalZoom. Remember LegalZoom.com? That's where this thing looks like it came from. That attorney, he impresses me, and so does Joe Tacopina. But Mr. Blanche is now on the team, and I want to show you what he had to tell his law firm. In an email, he says, I have been asked to represent Trump. I have decided it is the best thing for me to do and an opportunity I should not pass up. The next line, obviously doing this as a partner at Cadwallader, the name of his law firm, was not an option. So I have had to make the difficult choice to leave the firm. This is one of the, in a shocking day, that is actually very, very shocking. He couldn't represent a former president of the United States against bogus politically motivated charges and keep his job at a blue chip law firm. What does that tell you about the our society and in particular legal culture? Well, Greg, this is something that a lot of us uh, that served in the Trump administration know far too well, and that is that you have anybody that wants to represent Republicans or even President Trump uh, can no longer serve at their, you know, their silk stocking law firms because uh, the corporate woke clients uh, don't want to stand for it. And, and so I, I, I applaud Todd. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's brave to go out and understand, like, the calling is higher than just, you know, making more money in corporate law. But, you know, this is a sad state of affairs where, you know, if you remember John Adams, who, you know, represented the British officer uh, who, you know, at, at the, uh, you know, Boston Massacre, uh, you know, his firm didn't kick him out. And certainly <laughs> we have moved so far beyond that now, Greg, that we have, uh, you know, American law firms that just won't tolerate having conservatives or having people that support Donald Trump. This is this is Soviet Union stuff. And the American media, <laughs> they call it American Pravda now it's crazy and so many people so-called conservatives have contributed to this uh michael ludig a former federal judge who apparently at one time was a great guy but i don't know if that's true uh listen to what he says and listen to what he said and this is the guy they always cite all right this is during the january 6th stuff take a look donald trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. That is a former federal judge saying people like you and me, I consider myself a supporter and an ally of Donald Trump and make America great again, clear and present dangers to the United States. I think that connotes something about you can break the law to stop the danger, clear and present danger. It's that bad a threat that you can suspend the law to take care of the threat. This kind of rhetoric from him, 
That's a clear and present danger. This is ruining everything, I think. Yeah, it's also a mental illness, Greg. I mean, this is Trump derangement syndrome. This is someone that just can no longer see straight, that, like you said, is very well respected among legal circles, but for some reason has just, when it comes to Donald Trump, just cannot wrap their head around it. But, you know, these are the types of people that have never run for an election, have never, you know, tried to win support of uh, of American citizens that just they're detached from reality. And so they can sit in their, you know, cathedrals and, you know, to think big thoughts. But at the end of the day, you know, American democracy is messy. And, you know, Donald Trump uh, has showed how to lead and has demonstrated that uh, through the years. And he's not going to be deterred by these bogus charges pending in New York now. Former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker, I hope you get back in there and we can just be a former Attorney General and present Attorney General. No more of that acting stuff. Term two. Let's see. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back. He also caused others to make false statements. The defendant claimed that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. This simply was not true. And it was a false statement that the defendant made month after month in 2017. April, May, June, and so on through the rest of the year. Oh, my God. Excuse me. Did he... 2017 instead of 2016. He put 27. Put him in jail. Are they serious? Give me a break. And you have a former president of the United States indicted for this stuff. Uh, let me see that. Let me see that offense from the indictment. What does it say here? Accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree. Uh, but they can't really come up with a victim. This wasn't falsifying. <laughs> this is. Uh, to steal money from somebody. And I believe that's the way it works. That's when you get charged with falsifying business records. But I'd like to bring in another attorney. We have Mike Davis with us. He's the founder and president of the Internet Accountability Project, an advocacy organization fighting to rein in big tech. Welcome back to the show. Great to see you, sir. I'm sure you've been through this thing. Uh, you're not impressed, are you? It's an abomination, and it's it's actually stunning because it's even worse than the news reports. The news reports indicated that it was going to be a very weak case. It's even worse because Alvin Bragg didn't even include the legal basis for the felony enhancement in the indictment, and he said at the, pro the press conference that he didn't have to under the law. I mean, this guy is charging a former president for the first time with an indictment, you're indicting a, a former president for the first time in American history. This former president also happens to be a presidential candidate, a le leading presidential candidate. And Alvin Bragg doesn't think it's important to include the legal basis for your unprecedented indictment. And remember, this is a legal theory rejected by the man prior Manhattan DA at Alvin Bragg's urging when he was in the, the New York Attorney General's office, the Manhattan U.S. Attorney, the Federal Election Commission, and Alvin Bragg himself. But then he started taking, he started taking left-wing pressure, so he hired the, this, uh, this Matthew Colangelo, a top Biden Justice Department official, political appointee, going back to the Obama White House, Obama Justice Department under Holder, and Tom Perez, Obama Labor Department, New York AG's office. This is a political hit 
to get President Trump. Uh, by the way, it's okay in America to say that. I want to put something up. There are three branches of government. We all know that. We all should know that, right? The executive, the legislative, and the judicial. Uh, people have beef with Congress all the time. You're allowed to say stuff. You're allowed to say stuff on Twitter. You're allowed to speak out. Same for the president. But when it comes to uh, judges, somehow, uh, it's the most precious thing in the world. Take a look at this. I want to be clear. Donald Trump has attacked this judge very directly. Yes. Donald Trump has attacked the judge online. Trump has been attacking Judge Marchand online, saying the judge hates him, among other things. Um, it's a free country. You're allowed to speak out. You're allowed to say things. You could debate whether it's advisable or not. And oh, by the way, I learned this today. This judge, Marchand, I'm sorry, he should have no, number one, he should have thrown this case out immediately. And number two, recused himself. Or you know, His daughter worked for Kamala Harris. The judge that Donald Trump was before today has a daughter who's 34 years old, by the way, okay? This was not, you know, Girl Scout internship uh, stuff. This was real-world uh, political heavy lifting. Uh, did you know that? I find it totally astonishing. Well, I would say these same Democrats who are... Uh, you know, with their fake tears that Donald Trump criticized this judge. Where were these Democrats when abortion activists were threatening and terrorizing Supreme Court justices and their families outside of their homes, obstruction of justice under federal statute? Where were they when Justice Kavanaugh, his wife Ashley, and their two teenage daughters faced a 1 a.m. assassination attempt? They can save their tears. And this judge is a Democrat operative. He, he's part of the Manhattan Democrat machine and every judge in New York, every appellate judge in New York has essentially been appointed by a Democrat governor because we haven't had a Republican governor like 17 years since Pataki. You know, I started the show earlier talking about putting Stormy Daniels up against Afghanistan, Michael Cohen up against the 13 Marines, a check written uh, Donald Trump's own funds, not campaign funds, putting that up against, you know, we have no border. I feel like there's a bit of a trap here. You know, cable news, they love to uh, kind of go overboard with issues, conservative and liberal alike, and that there will be the temptation, you know, to debate this thing and study this thing and all of Donald Trump's legal problems to the exclusion of the very real issues and matters before the American people and the vulnerabilities of Joe Biden. And maybe that was part of all this to begin with, a distraction. Um, we shouldn't fall for that trap, should we? Is it a trap? I mean, this is a complete distraction. Alvin Bragg is a Soros puppet prosecutor. He's uh, Soros gave him a, a million dollars to run for Manhattan DA, and his Soros's investment is is paying dividends now with this bogus, uh, these bogus felony charges to distract, to interfere with the presidential election, to cover up for Biden. We have smoking gun evidence in the form of bankrupt records subpoenaed by House Oversight Committee Chairman yeah. uh, James Comer that the Bidens just in one set of tra transactions took over a million dollars from the CCP. So this is a smokescreen. This is a distraction. Th this is a bogus trumped up charge against President Trump. And, you know, the American people should not stand for this. Alvin Bragg seemed a little hesitant today, a little out of his depth. And I wonder if they made him do this because, uh, you may not know this, but it's been reported by the Daily Mail and others. He may have a little bit of a Me Too issue, okay? Uh, George Soros promised him a million dollars, 
and then they scaled it back to a half million dollars. Yes, a woman came forward, had some things to say, and it's believed that the uh, political action committee decided, no, he only gets a half million, and maybe he's on a tight leash. Uh, and we'll probably never know because he seems these issues seem off limits to certain favored politicians right now. Um, Mr. Davis, we thank you once again. Please check out the Internet Accountability Project. Uh, great work you guys are doing. TheIAP.org. TheIAP.org. Thank you very much. And you. Back, you bet, you bet. Back here at Newsmax, by the way, we're conducting a poll, and we'd really like your input. Uh, we're asking Americans, what do you think of the recent indictment? Uh, was it justified? I don't think you think that. I don't think that. I've already responded to this poll. Um, or if you really think he committed a crime, you can say so. All right. We're asking the question. What you have to do is text the word Trump to 397 uh, 47, 39747, 39747. And it takes just a minute and we'll share the results with everybody. Thank you. And we'll be right back. They so miscalculated Donald Trump in custody, and I think he's even more popular, more popular. We know this is a sham. Did you see him in court? You know, if this really does go forward, one thing he has to worry about, I guess, is a jury of his so-called peers. Problem is, he's in New York County. Now, he's, um, well, he's lived in Manhattan for many years. Manhattan, uh, this town made him famous, okay? Uh, but there's a problem with Manhattan, also known as New York County. The people here, unfortunately, even the Republicans, don't like him. Manhattan is the one county in all of the state, the one county that voted for John Kasich in 2016 over Donald Trump, his home county. So I don't want these people sitting in judgment of Donald Trump. Do you? Uh, very, very unlikely that he could get a fair trial here. They're already making noise about bringing this to Staten Island. Hopefully it doesn't get that far. Uh, and again, Donald Trump today and all this craziness, he looked like, well, Donald Trump, except more so tougher in court, out of court. Uh, this guy's ready. And I mean, this is the Donald Trump we know, right? Do you see anything different? Seriously, is there anything? Uh, I think the camera reveals a lot. Well, you can see it. I can see it. Look at what the fake news says about it. Look at how they characterize it. There was a guy who was in the back of the courtroom, and uh, I don't know, does this sound like he's maybe exaggerating, distorting, maybe even lying? When Trump came into the courtroom, he looked particularly angry, visibly shaken, and the most gaunt that I've seen him. And it was, it was really striking. I've never seen him look so, uh, I guess, afraid. And I've never seen him look so serious uh, as he did today. All right, those things don't go together. You can't be angry and afraid at the same time. And gaunt, what's wrong with, I mean, does that mean he's losing weight? I mean, it, look, it just, I think that was totally mischaracterized, don't you? I think his prejudice and pre-existing opinions of Donald Trump impacted what he just said. But maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm being harsh. No, I got it. I nailed it. I'll be right back.
All right, we want to know how you feel about this whole Trump matter. You want to respond to our poll? We'd appreciate it. We can give you updated on a bunch of stuff. If you go ahead and text the word Trump to 39747, 39747. It's going to ask you, do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Does he deserve it? Does he not deserve it? Come on. We agree on this one, right? Thank you. And I'll be back tomorrow.